Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 259 for April 29th, 2018. Today's guest is New York City animal activist legend Donnie Moss, and I am your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for right around 13 years-ish. Subscribe using the colorful buttons on the right-hand side of the MikeyPod.com website, if that's where you are indeed listening. Um, otherwise, you can find me in um, Apple, um, uh, Apple, what's it called? Apple Podcasts. Um, why can't I think any of these? LinkedIn, all those other places. There, It's everywhere. Anywhere you can get podcasts, you will find this. Even now, Spotify, I'm super excited. I'm now listed in the uh, Spotify directory. I honestly... Thought I was not going to be able to do that because I play music and they have a thing where they don't, but they did. So uh, you can find me literally everywhere podcasts are served. So um, I hope you will do that. If you'd like to learn more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelheron. Leave a voicemail at 347-460-1753 or you can email me at mikeypod at gmail.com. Listen, I'm sorry. It's been a... two weeks since the last podcast. Why do I feel like I'm in a confession all of a sudden? Um, the last week's podcast, I, ca- I was trying to get it up, the, uh, but it just didn't happen. Partly because on Monday, uh, I talked about this on the podcast before, so if you know this already, bear with me. I'll keep it short. Um, Kaporos is a ultra, ultra, ultra orthodox ritual uh, where people take uh, chicken and swing them over their heads uh, and say a prayer to transfer their sins into the chicken and slit the chicken's throat and throw the chicken's still twitching body into a garbage can or a bucket and let them bleed out until they twitch to death and die. So that's shitty. Um, And I've been a part of a campaign, um, maybe a medium part of the campaign. I always feel like acknowledging that like there are people who are working much harder on this than I am. Um, But I do show up when I can. And um, we've been disrupting Health Commissioner Mary Bassett at pretty much every talk she gives in the city. And this week was no exception. The, The thing that's interesting is she stopped speaking in the city pretty much. And because of all of her talks being disrupted by activists. And uh, the reason we're targeting her is that she is the person that would enforce these laws that are broken. There are a lot of laws and health codes that are broken when chickens are used in this way. Um, Dead bodies on the street, um, bodily fluids like draining into the street, pop-up slaughterhouses, uh, chicken. Well, unfortunately for chickens, um, and I guess for all of us, because it's just shitty, um, chickens are not very well protected. So they're actually, I don't know if there are laws again, like these chickens are in crates stacked up on the street um, for up to a week without food or water, waiting to be tortured and have their throats slit. It's, it's a horrendous, horrid practice. Side note, so is meat eating. <laughs> so if you're still eating meat and you're grossed out by what I just told you, same thing, like same treatment. So look, look at your thought, look at your choices. <laughs> you don't have to participate in that either. So anyway, so um, I went up with a group of activists, maybe 15 or 20 of us went up to Ithaca to disrupt a talk that Mary Bassett was giving <laughs> in, um, 
uh, at Columbia, not Columbia, uh, Cornell, Cornell University. Um, we disrupted her talk and she had to stop. Um, it was interesting. Uh, I and many of us, we were prepared to be arrested um, because there were a lot of cops and I think they were looking out for us. They were searching bags for signs um, at the door and we still got in with our signs. Someone brought in a banner. Like we came in and still disrupted the thing. So um, it, it sounds mean. I don't know if like you may be listening to this and thinking, why would you be so mean to that lady? Um, ah, we're not asking for anything other than please enforce already existing laws. And she's refusing to do that. The city is refusing to do that. Um, well, Donnie Moss and I actually talk about it a lot in our interview. So maybe I should just can it right there. And because he's way more well-spoken than I am. And he knows the situation way better than I do. So yeah, let me leave that to Donnie and our conversation in a minute. Um, I want to give you a couple of other quick updates. Um, there, are, uh, Today is the last day. Nope, actually, this podcast goes up. Oh, no. Yep. Today is the last day to subscribe to Patreon uh, for a dollar or more, uh, patreon.com slash Michael Heron, which is a, subs- a subscription membership service uh, where you can um, subscribe to the work that I create. Um, and in return, like you'll be, I'll give you bonus stuff and you'll be giving me a dollar a month to help keep creating work. Um, and if you do that today, April 30th, um, your name will be printed in the animal book, which is um, my next book. Uh, it's going to be uh, the animal book, the animal album, all based on my show, surprise, surprise, called The Animal Show. It's a multimedia presentation, uh, video, electronic music, piano, string quartet, um, stories. Boom. I'm trying to get through this stuff really fast. I got some fantastic in-person feedback about the podcast, which is fantastic. I love people walking up to me and be like, oh, hey, I listened to your podcast. Is Amazing. Not like strangers, but like people I know. Um, last week was a good one. Uh, it's Tamerlane Farm founders, Peter and Gabrielle. So, you know, that was, uh, so we know a lot of people in common. So I think that's what encouraged people to listen to the podcast. Um, but it means a lot. So uh, if you're one of those people, thank you. And if you are not one of those people and you want to give me some feedback, send me an email. Sincerely, it, it's great to get feedback about this, even if it's negative. Um, someone said they like the podcast and that um, they, I talk too much in the beginning, which is partly why I'm talking so fast right now. Because um, I, I want to always do updates about my work because that's part of what this podcast is about, but I don't want to ramble. That said, let's, oh, one last thing. Um, the theme you heard at the beginning was the suggestion of my friend, Joel Cabalongo, who says I should have a theme on this podcast. I don't like themes on podcasts, but maybe you do. What do you think? Let me know. If you guys want a theme, I can make one because I make podcast themes. I just don't want one on here. But I guess I could do it. So whenever I listen to a podcast that has the same theme, especially if it's a long one, I get a little eye rolly. Um, so I, that's just my personal taste, but I, it wouldn't bother me to put one on here. So if you want, that'd be fun. Maybe I could make a podcast, a Mikey Pod theme song. That'd be pretty cool. All right. So I think that's everything. If you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things. And especially, I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I already said all this already. I'm sorry. I'd love to connect with you there. I can't stop, though. And I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this free podcast and the other content I create everywhere. Anyway, here's a song. 
<laughs> this is Shlomo Franklin. The track is called Don't Love Anybody. And listen, I'm really into this song. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, you're about to find out. Take a listen. I can take the separation anxiety And I can go cold turkey like a junkie I can take the empty bed The dreams of you in my head I can take most anything But I'll just one request Please don't love anybody else Please don't love anybody else I can take sleeping pills I don't need you to help me sleep at night I can take the touch of a stranger The danger of letting in somebody new I can hold back the walls from closing in I can even learn to live without you Please don't love anybody else
Joining me now on the podcast is activist, creator, amazing person, Donnie Moss. Donnie, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Michael. The first thing that I came across of your work, and you're a, you're an activist and a, I don't know, do you think of yourself as like a community builder? I see you that way, but I don't know. Do you think of yourself that way? I think of myself as a grassroots organizer. So yeah, I guess. So all of those things are are Donnie Moss to me. And I think the first, before I even knew you, I saw Blinders, uh, the film that um, you you had a, you created that film. Am I right on that? Or what was your role in that film? So no, I, I definitely created the film. I was new to the animal rights world in 2006. And one of the first campaigns that I worked on was the campaign to ban horse-drawn carriages. And I was out on Central Park South educating tourists about why they shouldn't take carriage rides. And after being out there for a few weeks, it dawned on me that I could do more. And I realized that there had never been a documentary film made about the controversy surrounding horse-drawn carriages on the modern-day streets of New York City. And so I set out to do something small, maybe for YouTube, and it just kind of escalated. I started to meet experts who could sort of testify about the cruelty and uh, people who had witnessed or been involved in accidents. And it turned into sort of uh, a 50 minute documentary. And then I, you know, I brought in experts because I had never done this before. So um, I, some, a lot of it was self-taught, but then I, I, you know, found a professional editor to help me pull it all together at the end and somebody to mix the sound and, you know, to, to, to finish it up. Um, and, uh, and it aired, it aired on the documentary channel. And, you know, there've been times I've turned on the TV, just like uh, PBS or, and I've just like seen it there. I don't even know how it got there. Um, but, uh, that's always nice. What did you use to film it? Um, oh, I just used like a prosumer level camera and I used, um, lavalier mics that I had to learn how to use and the shotgun for the audio. Um, but you know, this was SD, this was before maybe HD was widely available. Um, so, uh, the video quality isn't nearly as good as it would be today, but it was good enough for, you know, sort of a, a grassroots kind of film. It wasn't a typical documentary film in that it didn't um, follow the path of a person, someone's journey, or even an animal's journey. It was more of an expose. I, I, would, I would compare it more to Earthlings, where there were chapters uh, educating people about a specific issue. And um, I learned a lot while I was making it. Uh, and, uh, and I'll just give one example. You know, I didn't go into this knowing a lot. Uh, I knew that the industry was cruel, that it was inhumane to have horse-drawn carriages in New York City, that it was inhumane to deprive them of a pasture for daily turnout. That, you know, so, so I, I definitely knew a lot, but not everything. Um, and one of the things that one of the experts said uh, right away is that stopping and starting in New York City traffic with a carriage behind them, just from a physics standpoint, is so difficult on their bodies. Like these are things I would have never thought of. Um, and so uh, it was, uh, I, I learned a lot about filmmaking and about the issue while I was making it. Was this the first time you used uh, a form of art as an activist? Yeah, I don't think I was an activist really um, until I became an animal rights activist. I mean, there were during in the 90s, uh, before uh, there were drugs for HIV AIDS, I was a volunteer at GMHC but I wouldn't have described myself as an activist. I was like volunteering on weekends in an office. Uh, so this, I think animal rights was my first foray into any real activism. And I, you know, when I set out to make blinders and even before, during and after, I never thought of myself as an artist. Um, but I guess in a way, um, I guess in a way it is a piece of art. Yeah. It's, I, I kind of love the way your activism and your creativity just sort of like 
combined, were you, I think you answered this question already, you weren't really making any kind of art or film or anything before you, your activism, right? No, no. I mean, I probably would have liked to have thought that I was creative, but I don't think that there were any signs of that uh, until I became an animal rights activist. Um, and it's not that Blinders is particularly artful, but it does uh, it does tell a sort of a linear and compelling not story, for lack of a better word, of what life is like for these horses in New York City. Um, I'm sure I, that some of the videos I've done in more recent years have been much more creative. Um, and, uh, you know, just from an art standpoint, have been more creative. From the standpoint of making blinders, you continued being an activist. And tell me if I've got anything wrong here. And then now you have a website, uh, theirturn.net, where producing tons of videos. Um, how did that transition happen? I guess it sort of happened organically. So I worked on that film and uh, Blinders, and I actually I got to go to film festivals and show the film and, and do Q&As, which was super exciting. And I will say one thing, uh, that in all of the Q&As that I did, I don't think I ever had one person in the audience challenge me. And that made me feel good about the film, that it was sort of a bulletproof case. Um, if, and I think everyone who left the theaters and, and there were some people who didn't know anything about the issue, just at film festivals, for whatever reason, they chose to see this film, but they weren't necessarily animal people and n nobody challenged me. Um, and I, and, um, and it, I realized later that if I had made the same compelling film about food or clothes that use animals, people would have been much more likely to challenge me. And the reason is because giving up a horse drunk, not going on a horse drunk carriage ride doesn't, uh, isn't a sacrifice for people. Um, so it was, they didn't, it didn't require them to change their behavior to get behind this film. Uh, whereas if I had made the same film about food or clothes or, you know, or taking your kids to the circus, then it's possible that people would have been, um, more, had more sort of animosity toward the film. Uh, anyway, that wasn't your question. I just wanted to add that in. You were asking about the theirturn.net and if this was a natural progression. So after I I finished sort of uh, sort of, uh, uh, touring with Blinders and getting it out into the public domain, I um, ran a multi-year campaign targeting an elected official in New York City who was running for mayor and who had a horrible record um, as an elected official on animal rights issues. And her name was Christine Quinn, and I was terrified, along with others in the community, that she was going to be the mayor. She was sort of, she was the, the, the darling of the New York media, of the unions, of the elites. She was Bloomberg's sort of natural successor. She was gay. The LGBT community was behind her. Uh, pro, you know, there were a lot of progressive people who assumed she was progressive by virtue of the fact that she was gay and her district as a council member was the west side of Manhattan. And so anyway, I spent a good three years of my life trying to educate the public about why this woman was not fit to be mayor. And against all odds and with the help of a lot of people, um, we were able to defeat her. Um, and so that so after that campaign, which was three years I was trying to figure out what my next move was in the animal, you know, as an animal rights activist, what I was going to do next. And I, um, have you ever seen Michael, like Joe, my God or toll road, those blogs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it would be nice to have sort of like a blog with daily animal rights news in the same style as Joe, my God or toll road. 
And, um, and so it started that way. I was posting like sort of a daily digest. This is now several years ago when I sort of launched their turns out now a daily digest of animal rights news. So people can get everything in one place. And, um, and that's what I did for a while. And then it morphed into sort of more in-depth things. And then Jane Velez Mitchell, who is one of my inspirations and who left CNN and became a full-time animal rights campaigner or activist herself, um, she said, you really need to do more video, that the written stories don't capture people's attention like the videos. And so it's, I transitioned into doing videos. And so that's why you see me putting out all of these now short videos uh, to capture people's attention about a particular issue um, and to try and affect change. This is one of the things I love just about the the internet and the technology we all have just in our pockets. But you, you do so much of it just on an iPhone, right? It, most of your filming is on a phone? <clears throat> Not most, all. Everything <laughs> I do is on an iPhone. I don't have any external audio equipment. Um, I probably could up my game a bit by, you know, I've, I've seen other people with iPhones, you know, a- attach all these, you know, audio contraptions to enhance the audio and, um, and use, uh, you know, a tripod. There are all these tools to make the video quality better and the audio quality better. And I haven't used any of them. And, you know, still the iPhone just in and of itself has served me well. So I, I shoot everything on the iPhone. Uh, I imported into iMovie, which is consumer level video editing software. And, um, and I edit everything in iMovie. Uh, so if I, I don't regard myself as being particularly uh, technically savvy. And if I could do this, I really think anybody can be sort of a citizen activist. Anybody with a, a video camera capabilities on their phone and a computer with, you know, consumer level video editing software can, can make these videos. And, you know, you learn by trial and error and by practice. When I first started making these short two minute, two and a half minute videos, uh, I'm sure they weren't nearly as good as they are now. Uh, but, you know, over time, I've been able to make them more and more impactful and powerful and punchy. Yeah, like, and and I think you told me when we were talking the other night, may, like around eight hours or so it takes you to edit these videos? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like uh, the Kaporos video, and for people who are listening who don't know what Kaporos is, it's this chicken swinging ritual before Yom Kippur that many activists in New York City are campaigning against you know, now all year round, but I will, I will record, I will record Kaporos for several days in September and I'll edit that video, which might be about five minutes. That might take me a whole week full time. Uh, and so, uh, but I would say the rule of thumb is for, let's say I wanted to cover one protest and do a two and a half minute video. That is probably an eight hour job, sometimes more, rarely less. And so, you know, sometimes I ask myself, is this the best use of my time as an activist? Uh, and, uh, you know, it's something I wrestle with because it takes a hell of a lot of time to, to put these videos out. And then if you look at the stats on Facebook, you'll see that, you know, the average view time might just be a few seconds. Uh, and that's disheartening. But I have to remind myself that some people are watching it for one second, but then some people are watching it right to the end. And... Um, my impression based on feedback I've gotten from some of the people we've targeted sort of through the grapevine is that the videos do make a difference. And so for now, I'm going to continue doing them as I have been. I feel like they're very valuable too. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's obvious, but <laughs> because I, I really love the work you do on these and it captures, you know, I, I think it's inspiring both to, or especially to other activists around the country, you know, who see what 
type of things are happening here in New York and, you know, in other places where people are filming their activism, when I see those videos, it's like if there's one that I didn't attend the protest, like it makes me like, oh man, that looked amazing. How, why did I miss that? You know, I feel like it's not just affecting people, non-vegans and non-activists, but it's affecting people who are activists and make it makes me feel fired up and like, oh shit, I got to get got to get it together and show up to more things. I definitely um, make these videos with um, the community in mind as well. Um, because I agree. I think, you know, people see the videos and they're inspired to participate because the videos are exciting and, you know, and 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 they show that we're having an impact. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I do it for the activists, too. And also, I, you know, a pr- one of the most important reasons to make these videos and post them on my website, uh, theirturn.net, is because when people do Google searches, um, the, they come up and it, these videos have to be warehoused somewhere online. They have to exist somewhere, and it's not just on Facebook um, or YouTube. I, I think that when you have your own website, like when, some, for example, right now I'm working on this campaign targeting with you and many others, targeting the commissioner of the Department of Health for failing to enforce all of these health codes that are violated during this horrific chicken swinging ritual. And if one were to do a Google search on this, on Mary Bassett, that's commissioner of uh, the health commissioner of New York, all of these videos come up and we know that Mary Bassett doesn't want to Google her name or have other people Google her name and have all of these videos come up of uh, that show that we're protesting her for failing to do her job uh, uh, by enforcing the laws. So sometimes I have to remind myself when the video is not getting shared on Facebook enough that there's a, it, it has, still has a role because people will always be Googling high-profile people like Mary Bassett. Oh, my God. I'm Googling it right now. I want to see. <laughs> that must be... Oh, wow. That's big. Yeah. Does it, when you do it... When you, when you Google, Michael, does it come up at the top, the, all these stories um, about... It's not right at the top. You have Google News. No, oh, no, okay. Google Mary Bassett and then click, click News. Because okay. it wouldn't come up first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, yours is the first one. Theirturn.net, neighbors lash out as New Yorkers protest. That's the first result. And scroll, uh, scroll down a little bit. Uh, let's see, you're the top three it. results. So presumably, people who are going to go to an event where Mary Bassett is a presenter will Google her. And maybe they'll mm-hmm. Google to see what the latest is about her, to see what she's working on now. And if they, if they click on the images tab or the news tab, they're going to see our stories. And the last thing that people like Mary Bassett and our other targets want is for their legacy to be tarnished uh, because they've been cruel to animals. Because everybody says they love animals and people don't want to see people being cruel to animals. You know, I, years ago, I worked for um, a pharmaceutical company when I had a conventional day job. My first job out of college, I was in on-campus recruiting, got hired by a pharmaceutical company. And I remember uh, when activists were targeting our CEO um, and they were, they put pictures of, you know, they put the CEO's picture on posters next to, you know, uh, with, with text about how drug prices were killing patients who couldn't access the drugs. And I remember the head of public affairs saying, you know, how horrible, you know, how horrible this would be for the CEO to see these images of himself you know, at these protests. And so that's when I, you know, years ago I learned that's, that's what they don't want us to do. So that's exactly what we have to do. Yeah. Like this makes me so happy. 
<laughs> to see like she must google he, herself or her staff like you know they must be seeing that like now this story is dominating her google search right so it's a lot of work you know for me to put those stories in every time and you know and i don't think a lot of people necessarily click onto my website to to, to read the stories they might see the videos on facebook and a few people see them on youtube you know the videos get their most the most action on these videos is definitely on facebook because people share them and you know and and sometimes i boost them and target the people who i want to see them like people for example with the caporos protests and the mary bassett protests i will I will boost the videos and target people in Mary, you know, who was in New York city with an interest in public health. Those are the last people that Mary Bassett wants to see these videos. So those, that's why I make sure, you know, I get it into their news feeds. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I have to remind myself when the videos don't get the kind of attention that I want, that they, they are, they have a, they are on, on, uh, on the internet and that they'll be there forever. And that these people have to think about that when they decide to continue ignoring us if they want their legacy to be tarnished by this issue, by an animal cruelty issue. So um, I'm assuming you would encourage others to do this type of uh, content creation. Um, And if you would, (laughs) what like do you have like tips like for to help people get started? Any words of encouragement for activists who may be hearing this who might want to do something like you're doing? Yeah, well, you know, it was words of encouragement that got me to do it. You know, um, as I mentioned earlier, Jane Velez Mitchell um, had her own show on CNN, and now she is sort of a renowned animal rights activist. And when she left CNN, her contract ended, she started to do be a reporter for animal rights. And her argument is that, you know, the mainstream media by and large ignores the animal rights movement. In large part because the advertisers are McDonald's and Burger King and KFC and, you know, and so the, the news media outlets do a lousy job reporting on animal rights issues and the plight of animals in society and the efforts to help animals. And so we have to be our own reporters. And so, uh, so she has now correspondents around the country who are going live and reporting for Jane Unchained, which has become a media outlet in and of itself. She has hundreds of thousands of of people who follow her on Facebook. So she is sort of doing uh, an end run, to use her word, around the mainstream media in order to get uh, animal rights stories out into the mainstream. Um, and it's brilliant. And so, so I, to some extent, I'm doing that, and uh, and all of us could do it because the tools, um, the t- we have the tools now. You know, most people have cell phones that have video ca- camera, and most people have a computer that has some sort of that comes with some sort of consumer level video editing software. And so, if you just take the time, watch a YouTube utor- tutorial, or you know, or, or uh, you can you could really do this yourself. I did not have any special skills here. Um, but I feel like my videos have made a difference. I agree. They have. And um, in all the different ways we talked about. It. So I'm super excited that we got to talk. Um, Theirturn.net is the website. Is there any, uh, I can put links to all your socials at MikeyPod.com, but you want to rattle them off real quick? Well, on Facebook, um, um, their turn, just it's all one word, their turn, as in it's the animal's turn. And the reason I, I picked that name, and I'm not even sure it was the best name, but the reason I picked that name for my website is because, you know, for years, all of us in the streets here, you know, how, why are you worried about uh, animals when there are people suffering? Uh, you know, so uh, when, and so I'm like, well, when is it going to be their turn? And so that's where that website came from. Um, ah, nice. At Twitter, I'm at their turn. Um, and so Facebook and Twitter and and my website, their turn is, is where I post or, or where I post everything. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. 
taken in the night After being threatened for its life Asphyxiated close to death The dream is alive The dream is alive It had been turned upon its head Condemned, assaulted Declared dead, but now we rise Survived despite all evidence For future failures Deny this, the dream is alive The dream is alive That was Brett Gleason with Alive from his album Manifest. Brett's a friend of mine and uh, also on Patreon. Uh, if you're looking for someone to support and you're already supporting me, even if you're not, uh, check out Brett Gleason. I'll leave uh, all his links on the MikeyPod.com site too. Uh, thanks, Donnie Moss, for joining me. Before we uh, go, I have some new reviews again. You guys have been leaving reviews, and I'm so grateful. So I'm reading them at the end of the show. Here's one from Jack Spade 6 Yeah, it's, it says, Love the fact that with your channel slash podcast, I get a chance to listen and discover new artists that I would never have found any other way. Plus, great interview. Thank you, Jack Spade 6 Five stars. Thank you. These are all on Apple. <laughs> <laughs> it feels weird to do this, but it's fun. Uh, the next one, there are two of them this week. Uh, Hooked me in. Five stars. What a great show. Not a vegan. However, the show is well produced and very interesting. Love the chicken sanctuary. Smiley face. The gateway drug. Um, yeah. If you listened last week, you'll get that joke. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, MikeyPod.com, if that's not where you're listening to this, for uh, show notes. And um, that's it. I'll see you next week.